I'm Anahi, award-winning U.S. and European certified floral designer, educator, and your host. If you are a florist, flower farmer, business owner, or simply a floral enthusiast, you are in the right place, my friend. I help you by providing insights to industry leaders and mentors through their stories, helpful tips, and tricks so that you too can take your floral business and design to the next level. I bring you the art and business of flowers. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, welcome back. Today's special guest is Elizabeth Cronin from Azri Gardens and one of the judges from Full Bloom TV show from HBO Max. If you haven't seen this show, go watch it. I feel like I am like a broken record. Keep repeating this to you guys. It is amazing. You got to watch it. And if you did watch the show, I'm pretty sure you all fell in love with Elizabeth just as much as I did. And honestly, at this point, I've interviewed a handful of people that are contestants and we have some of those episodes still coming up, such as Adam or Connor and so on. So yeah, what I, and we've, you know, and you heard an interview with Beth and um, Ace, and if you haven't, you got to go back and check them out. But every single one of them single-handedly just literally were raving about how much they loved Elizabeth and her presence as a judge during the show. So of course I had to reach out and she graciously said yes. And we've talked about her journey throughout becoming the kind of floral designer that she did and a business owner. And we talked about the show and much, much more. So listen in. And when we were recording this at the time, they were actually doing the casting for season two. I believe that might be over by now. But you never know. And I know for sure that they are continuously casting and they might be casting for season three at this point. So needless to say, it is Mystic Art Pictures. I'll share it in the show notes. Be sure to go and check it out and apply, you guys. Let's dive in. My chat with Elizabeth Cronin from Azrae Gardens. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. Oh, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I have so many questions for you. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if I should begin with Full Bloom or Azrae Gardens or Elizabeth. You know, I'm like, but thank you. This is exciting. So let's start with the Azrae Garden. First yeah. of all, I love the name. Thank I you. asked you how to pronounce it because I didn't want to butcher it. <laughs> and it's really pretty. Thank you. What does it mean? Yeah. So I um, opened Osre in 1999 and the 90s were, you know, an era. And right. <laughs> it was, I was fully obsessed with like fairies and like that whole genre of things. Because again, it was the 90s. So <laughs> Forgive me for my full obsession with all things fairy. Um, my back is actually like a giant tattoo of a bunch of different fairies. It's yes. Anyway, I'm dating myself, but um, it was from a book <laughs> from Brian Froud. But now Brian Froud did the movie The Dark Crystal with Jim Henson, um, which is how a lot of people know him. But he also made all of these wild fairy books. It was out of one of his books and I had been sitting trying to figure out a name and like, you know, trying to name it a flower name. And I was like, eh, it's been done. And I just like kept saying that word over and over and it just kind of stuck. So yeah, it's a, it's technically a garden fairy that when captured melts into a puddle of water in your hand. Oh, wow. 
science, you know, it okay. is, I'm embracing it. It's kind of magical, actually. It's totally magical. I just feel like that's how we should treat flowers yeah. as if that's what's going to happen to them because that's what really happens to them, right? They kind of, they're so perishable and so delicate and oh, that's beautiful. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. So 1999. Yes. It's been, it's been a long time. <laughs> so you've seen a thing or two. I have seen a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I decided to open Osray. I had just, I had been working in flowers for a few years. I was running um, a woman's shops in Chicago. She had sort of moved to New York to be with her girlfriend. And I sort of just within like a year, I just took to it like flowers really naturally. I was an environmental science major in college and decided not to continue with that. And so I just, it was really, it came very naturally to me and I instantly loved it. And I sort of didn't want to do anything else. And so I had just, I was sort of frustrated with what was happening in the flower world. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. see anyone doing what I wanted to do. And the internet was barely a thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Instagram didn't exist. None of that existed. Social media had not even, there was no such thing as social media, right? So all the flowers that I saw around me were that very 90s look, which was like everything was squished into like a pavid ball. It all sort of looked like a scoop of ice cream. Like it was all just like everything was so forced and nothing felt organic to me. And I would just go to like the museum and look at the Dutch masters and like, look at the way they used to do flowers. And I was just like, why are you doing this anymore? Why is no one doing this anymore? And I got really inspired by that. And I, you know, started early on putting taxidermy in my bouquets, much like a Dutch master painting. It's like mm-hmm. in the world in that realm, there's like, you know, a table set and there's like fruits and vegetables and like very abundant, lush, organic things happening. We do a lot of like taxidermy butterflies and bugs in our bouquets and like mm-hmm. birds. And it's like, I'm just sort of embracing the whole organic, um, but not organic in like a, in the way that most people think of it, sort of just really trying to bring back the sort of dark, darker, more magical version of, of flowers and, and get away from the stuffy rigidness that I was, mm-hmm. when you squish things together, you cannot enjoy, like flowers are so beautiful from like right. the the guard petals on roses are one of my favorite things. And it's like people are plucking them off. And I was just like, oh, oh yeah, no, I, I love that. Yeah, totally. So I just want to sort of push, push my own agenda per se. <laughs> so you were about 20 years ahead of the game. For I the mean, record. Yeah, nobody was really doing that back no, then. No, not at that time. That I knew of. And it was like when I opened the shop and, you know, it's like the walls were painted black. Like I, I just had like a very different aesthetic and it scared a lot of people. People were like, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand. But people kept coming back. They would walk through the doors and be like, I still don't understand, but I really like it in here for some reason. Uh, that's because they could breathe. I think that's, that's it, right? I mean, the flowers could breathe yeah. and every flower has a value that it brings to the table, right? So if you don't showcase them in their absolute best light, then the squished arrangements to me, I look at them as like somebody called it 
constipated arrangements before. And I think I've never heard an ice cream scoop. That's a nicer way of saying that. So I think I should just say that. But the constipated kind of says the job to you. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's like just so uptight. To me, it almost kind of looks like one thing. That yep. that arrangement is just this one thing. Like in a large scale event scenario where you're creating sculptures and whatever, I feel like that's where the value of that is. Totally. In a way. It has, it has a place, but its place is not everything everywhere with all flowers all the time. Right. No, 100% agree. And yes, I don't I don't ever want to see the elevated round no. bowls of bowl looking roses and hydrangea mixture with some crystals hanging out thing like ever. Okay. <laughs> I mean like ever. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. I get yeah. it. Starting then and of course the chat, you know, Running a business has challenges, right? It doesn't really matter what kind of business you're running, right? So I'm sure you're not a stranger to that. Very challenges. How did your business education come along? I mean, did you even have any idea what you were doing? Or you're like, got in, figured it out. Is how it came along. Like, you know, from the orange sticker on my front door, like you can't open your business unless you do this thing. Like to like, you know, no one, I didn't know anything about paying sales tax or like, I was just like, okay. And so it's like, I set it up. I thought it was like, not necessarily optional, but I thought it wasn't as rigid as it turned out to be. It's just a suggestion. <laughs> suggestion or like not necessarily suggestion because I knew it had to happen, but I just thought maybe I could have a little more leeway. And so it turned out the state of Illinois and um, the IRS don't actually work on like a system of like, get it when you can, girl. Like, that's not what I know. So. Oh my God. Isn't that, isn't that funny how many florists get into business literally with thinking it's just flowers. How hard could it be? And none of us really think about the business side of things. But in hindsight, you've gone through a recession or two or three, I think, in 20 years. I think like about three. Yeah. The 9-11. You know, recession. Right. About- and then the 2008-9, now COVID. Oh yeah. So, you know, I know you learned all of this thing, well, half of these things, at least in the beginning, the hard way. Was there a point in all of this journey that you were like, you know what? I think I've got this. I've seen it all. Like, <laughs> I got this. That's before COVID, that is, you know, because none of us have seen that one. It's sort of the opposite of that. Like, what I learned was a lot of humility and a lot of like, you know, every time I thought like, okay, now I know what to expect of January or Valentine's Day mm-hmm. or or when it's raining, this happens. Or when it, there's a blizzard outside, we're dead or we're busy. Every right. time I think I like know how it's going to go. Like after a while, I had to really acknowledge that I was wrong. That like <laughs> I was like, aha, I've got this. Like the universe was like, mm, no, not no, you don't. And and so I just began to sort of embrace the roller coaster ride of it all, and the fact that like I know a lot of things now, but I also don't know that many things, right? Like it every time I think I know what to expect, you get a curveball, and. I I guess that's sort of the beauty of it, right? Like, it's not like I do the same job every day. Like, I I would jump off a build. Like, I don't know what I would do if I had to, like, take an elevator to my desk and, like, sit in the same. Oh, yeah. I just, I I wouldn't, it, it, no. I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. And so, you know, in order to run any small business, but especially a perishable small business, especially a luxury perishable small business with 
out any actual startup, like real startup money or someone to finance it. Like it's a lot of duct tape and working 80 hours a week and figuring out a way to like hold the one thing at bay while dealing with something else. Right. A life's lesson in multitasking and figuring it out. Yeah. Oh, I totally get it. Was there a moment where you're like, you know what? I've had it. I just can't like, I'm, I'm kind of done, like almost or can't. Well, obviously you didn't, but did you, did you come close to those moments where you, somebody had to, or you had to talk yourself off the ledge, basically? You're like five times a year. <laughs> All the time I had those moments. And then literally I would wake up the next morning and be like, carry on. This is your child. Keep it, keep, keep raising your kid. Keep it moving. Right. You know, and, and a few, yeah. So that, that's definitely. <laughs> so what was the biggest lesson you learned besides, well, I got to embrace this, but with every single change, I mean, where is the go-to? Like, where do you, where do you pull and channel that out of, you know, okay, so this is the next thing. This is the next chapter. We, we got to pivot with this or whatever. I mean, it's again, it's out of necessity. I learn I learn by being like smacked in the head with things. Like I'm not like, I don't learn lessons gently by like, a <laughs> and like, I have to literally be hit over the head. And then I'm like, Oh, that's not, oh, it's not working. Okay. Let me try something different. So, you know, it's hard to pinpoint, but but um, I think there's been so many different, it, you know, it's like thinking about, you know, the, the thing about Osre is that we've also really been like a space for community for so mm. long. It's been a place that people like rely on and people believe in. And it's like, you know, one of my favorite stories about us is like in 09 as the world, as things were literally falling apart right. and lost. I've never been a shop to do a lot of corporate work. That's just like mm-hmm. not lane. Um, but I had a number of Chicago accounts from like hotels and restaurants and salons right. and just like loved our aesthetic. And we're like, here's our money, do whatever you want. Right. And so I collected some of those along the way and a lot of like in-home accounts. Um, where we go in every you know week and do whatever, but we lost in mm. after the stock market crashed. We lost like ninety percent of those accounts mm. in three weeks, and it oh, was man. crazy. And like our checking account went like way into the negative, and it was just like it was really wild. And I was just like, oh. We were just about to turn nine. And I was like, I guess this is where it ends. Like, I was just kind of like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I don't know what else personally I can sell to keep this going. I don't own much. I don't own, you know. So I had a client who had been a really good client who lived between New York and Chicago and would fly me back and forth to do things in both places. And I was just having a phone call with her. And she was like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, I think I have to close the store. Like, you're not not going to make it. And she was like, no, no, Chicago needs you. Like the world needs you. You can't close the store. And like a few days later, a check for like $20,000 showed up in my mailbox. And she was like, you're going to keep doing work for us. We'll just like pick it off of there over the next, however long it takes. And it was just like, you know, it felt like confirmation that what we were doing at Osrey was special. The fact that right. people were like, no, it's not acceptable for you to close. You can't close. Right. You know, so I, that's the thing about having a shop 
honestly, that's different. While it's not the way to make money in flowers at all, you want to make money in flowers, go into event. You right. want maybe broke and happy, go into, you know, have a shop if you like to be around people. And that was really a clear message that's like, yes, this is hard, but also it's bigger than you and you're affecting other people in ways right. that matter clearly. So I mean, I had goosebumps when you said that. I was like, wait, what? Totally. That's, that's remarkable. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. And what a great story. Like I felt warm and fuzzy inside. I can only imagine what you feel every time you have to tell that story. Totally. That is pretty remarkable. So yeah. you clearly became part of the community, right? I mean, important part of the community. Yeah. I know aesthetically, you know, you were different from the get-go, which of course different attracts, but it doesn't keep. Yeah. So what kept, do you think? I mean, I was just having this conversation. I have business partners now in the last few years, you know, that is new for us. That's new for me. And it's, it's been an interesting ride. And, you know, the thing that we always come back to and the thing that I always come back to is for years when people would be like, why, you know, what makes Osrey special? And I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. All I know is that when people walk into one of my stores, they have a huge reaction. Sometimes it's negative. Sometimes it's positive. You walk in the doors and you have like a feeling in your gut, in your soul, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, people are like, oh my God, what? this place is magical. You know, <laughs> so that is sort of the thing, right? I think what keeps is that that's not something over the years, I've seen so many retail stores, flower, whatever, to clothing, open and close. And it's like, oh, I'm bored and I have some money or my husband has some money or my dad has money, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, I think it would be cute to have a retail store. Mm, and like, mm -hmm. unfortunately, like retail, especially floral, like that doesn't sustain. Like no. you have to have a fire in your gut for what you're doing and a true love of what you're doing because otherwise it's never going to be worth it because the money's not going to make, you, you're just like, it's not going to be worth it without that. And right. Osrey is my whole like soul and like love and everything sort of just like spat out into the world. And you know, it evokes a feeling for people mm -hmm. when they walk through the doors. And so good, bad, or otherwise, like there are not that many retail environments that when you walk into, you have like a visceral reaction. Right. And I think that's what stays is like, it is really just like love in, in motion. That's funny. You're so I've never been in your store. I've only seen uh, images of pieces that, you know, of course, you share through social media, which is, of course, not the store. Right. But as you're describing this, of course, the listeners can't see your face, but I can. And like you kind of like lit up and like there's so much passion coming through. And if I had to describe, not that you asked, but you know, I'm going to do it anyways, right? If I have to describe your store in like sort of like a one sentence or like two words, it sounds like a warm hug. <laughs> yeah, totally. That it's, been, it's been described as goth fern gully. Um, like there's, <laughs> there's like been a funny people. Yeah, people have described it as a lot of very funny things, but I love a warm hug. I mean, literally, who doesn't need that right now? Right. And... Think about the warm hug, okay? So we all have a bubble, right? It's not always comfortable, but it always feels good. So yeah. like that visceral reaction you're describing, I was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is a good thing. Oh, that's amazing. So you've done some celebrity events on, or, you know, flowers for celebrities. At least the word on the street is... Yeah. How did that come about? Oh, I mean, different, yeah, different things, different people. We do a lot of, you know, <laughs> the thing about Chicago is there's not 
a ton of celebrities that live here, right? Like <laughs> forests, New York forests, like they get all the celebrities. Um, and so Chicago, we definitely are like the go-to shop when people are coming through, when they're performing concerts, when they're, you know, when other people are performing, like we have like a few people who like are celebrities that send flowers to other celebrities when they're performing in Chicago. So, you know, yeah, it's like we we've done when Lady Gaga was living here, we used to do flowers for her a lot. Definitely have done flowers for the Obamas for like when they were in office, um, fundraising events and things like that. Virgil Abloh is a really great client of ours. Mm -hmm. We do his home, which is here in Chicago and work with him quite a bit. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've been blessed to do flowers for many wonderful people. And also I just think, well, that's amazing. And I love that. Like I love my customers who I met on a Tuesday, you know, 10 years ago and have done really cool, wild, fun shit with, but you know, the stuff I do with them is as exciting as the other, as, as anything I've ever done with or for a celebrity. So, you know, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. And, you know, now I'm working, I'm working beside two other celebrities. Nice. I know. I want to talk to you about all of that full bloom. Yeah. I love the show. You have no idea how happy this makes me feel. I've interviewed a few of the contestants already and I've talked to anybody that I've talked to about it. I'm like, this is so good for our industry, you guys. Even if the show wasn't good. Yeah, even if the show, I know I can see the tail going back and forth. Even if it wasn't as good, still I think it was good for the industry. But also, it's actually really good. I thought it was really well shot, well edited, well represented, interesting. My husband got interested, who has no interest in flowers. So, you know, I mean, it was just, it was very, very, I don't know, uplifting feeling that finally there is a show about floral industry, about flowers that sort of showcases the artistry of it and the hard work that goes behind it, you know, and the whole educational side of things, you know, the helpful tips and tricks that were being shared, I thought was really important as as well, kind of brings back that love for flowers, you know, which I feel like got lost a little bit over a period of years, you know. Totally. I mean, I'm a person who still literally screams and like runs towards when I like go in the market and I can see something like wild and exciting, I will literally like screech and run for it. And everyone's like, good morning, Elizabeth. They just like know it's me without like, <laughs> like grab them. And like, I like, yeah, I, I, I know I'm in the right place. And I feel like on full bloom, that's how it was. Like the, uh, it was so fun. One of my favorite parts of every episode was like, you know, they would come in, they would get their challenge and then they would see what was going on in the flower market. And then we'd say go and like watching them run and be like, ah, freak out about things. It was like, that's literally, yes. Like that's, and, and I feel like as amazing as season one is now with even more exposure and so many people being aware of it, like nobody knew that it was coming. Right. So it's like, you're saying it's going to get better and better. I think we'll get tighter. I'm excited. you know, we're, we're headed back to film season. I just got off the phone with our producer. We're headed back to film season two soon. So I'm oh, that's so exciting. I'm excited. So, so exciting. And I, <laughs> did you submit an application or what? Uh-huh. You did? Uh-huh. I did for the first one too. And I got, oh man, I was, I was bombed a little bit. Um, so how did you find out about it? Oh, how did I find, oh, I got an Instagram message at a random. I thought it was like, 
like fake this is like last year you know this girl like hey you know i got your name from whatever like i kind of want to talk to you are you interested in you know competing at a flower design competition or whatever i'm like uh short answer yes who are you (laughs) you know like is this real and then the person's name that i listed that sort of said oh you gotta get this girl i texted her immediately like is this for real she's like oh my god yes I'm like, okay, let's talk. But I got through third interview, I guess, third interview, um, and didn't go anywhere further from there. I'm like, all right, okay, fine. I'm going to try for the next one. I hope there's a next one. So I send my application again. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to happen. But you know what? I decided that I'm going to keep sending my application. I think I was talking to Adam actually yesterday. I told him this. I said, I'm going to keep my send- sending my application until they get sick of me. Send me personal letters saying, lady, give it up. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen or fine, come on. (laughs) That's what I'm shooting for. People, so I mean, we I get DMs all day, like, please consider me. And I'm just like, I you don't understand, we don't even know who it is until the day we're on the set because we can't have be biased. That's exactly right. Like, we can't be biased. And it's like, if we if we push for you, like that, it's a it's a competition show, like, it has to be there's a hundred thousand dollars on the line, and it's not my hundred thousand (laughs) dollars. Nobody actually, you know, they care about my opinion as a judge, but like, that's just not, you know, I don't have a horse in the race. Like I want everyone win because that's actually just who I am. And also, yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting how many people are like, pick me. And I'm like, I totally would if I could, but it's not on me. So like, like, you're picked, send an application. Yeah. You're picked to send an application. Well, yeah, it was the same (laughs) with me when Samira reached out. I was like, LOL, is this a joke? Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. You know, at first I thought they wanted me to be a contestant and she was like, no, we want you to be a judge. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm listening. And then, cause I, (laughs) no, I don't, I don't want to be a, I'm too old. I'm too tired. I don't want to be a contestant. (laughs) And then she was like, no, we want you to be a judge. And I was like, oh, interesting. And it was very funny too, because we got through like our... I didn't, until I was talking in person to the executive producer, I actually didn't know it was for HBO. I just assumed it was going to be on like a... HGTV channel 37, you know, I assumed it was going to be like, <laughs> and then he was like, well, HBO. And I was like, I'm sorry, did you say HBO? That's amazing that a flower competition show is on HBO. Like good for them. They're very smart. Girl, that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. It's to me, you know, of course I want to compete. And no, I did not send a DM to anybody because I, I mean, I understand how this works, you know? I mean, I get it. And yes, I'm going to keep sending my applications. So casting people, producers, whoever's listening, if you're listening, <laughs> you're going to keep seeing my name coming, you know, again, I, unless you send me a letter saying, okay, just, just give it up. You know, it's going to keep coming. There you go. But that's besides the point, you know, having that on HBO is such an exposure. Being shot so well is such an exposure. You know, 2020 has been an interesting year and that's putting it right. (laughs) So we've all seen things that we've never seen before. So when you're thinking about this, the show kind of came out at tail end of 2020 and a big flower fight was, you know, that came out in May, right? I was very excited about that too. And I'm still excited about it, but it wasn't really a flower show. It was a gardening sculpture competition, which has its place. And I am still pretty darn excited and I am dying for them to do another season because it's still a good exposure for the industry, I think, you know, and it's, it's, it's very, fun, very different. Exactly. It wasn't really about the floristry. It was one side of the floral 
industry, you know, that had to do with garden sculptures. And it's a British show. I mean, that's what they do. That They love their gardens. You know, it's just they love it. to do garden sculptures. Right. I mean, that's a thing. Garden. Yeah, exactly. So totally understandable seeing that. And then literally back to back, this one coming out and it all coming out in 2020 when a lot of people kind of did have time to, you know, sit back and chill and watch a little bit. Right. And also talking to so many people throughout this time and, you know, friends and even through podcasts and whatnot, what I realized flower sales started kind of going up, you know, and throughout this whole time, what do you, what does this tell us? People needed comfort, right? We were seeking comfort everywhere we could find. And it's, it's comforting, right? It's just kind of brought this positive energy to their homes. And also people couldn't travel. People couldn't send gifts to each other. Mother's Day, this, that, the other. I mean, I feel like this was such a good timing in a weird way, you know? So totally. yeah, I feel like it was probably well received because of that too. Totally. I think people were, I mean, one, it was not perfect, but it was a, it was over, overarchingly a like a loving show and it was people really supporting one another you know in different ways and you know we started filming before covid we got Right. right and then we shut down and we came back and started over and i'll tell you the difference in the florists before and after after going through a summer of shutdown and summer of all of that like people came back with a different energy. I think very much needing like to be in communication with, in a loving space with others. And I do think that that really like, you know, shone through. I think it was, you could just see them rooting for one another. Right. And I think, you know, there was a little bit of not that. There was some unfortunate, not so much rooting for one another. Um, But it's a competition. And that's (laughs) the thing. It's like for the, you know, for the most part, I had never watched reality TV before I got hired to be a judge on this. So for a homework, like I was just like, I, oh, that's, I watched um, like the first two seasons of American Idol. Other than that, I had never watched reality TV. Like that's like not my genre. And so I started watching the Great British Baking Show as like, literally I was like, I was like, I don't even know what being a judge means. How do I do it? (laughs) And so I started watching Great British Baking Show. And, you know, I loved how supportive and loving they all were to one another. And I was like, oh God, our show unfortunately has $100,000 on the line. Like there you're just vying for a cake tray. Like it's a beautiful cake tray and it's a lovely title, but $100,000. And I was really surprised because I think that we nailed it as a show. Like I think that that same energy and vibe and like genuine care of one another and learning from each other was was totally present it, it was it, it did come through it really it, it really truly did actually a few people that were on the show i i know you know i'm like oh my god i cannot believe this person is on the show it was just like so exciting to watch Who didn't know beth and ace from aifd is that how you know? Uh, i know beth um i know beth really well actually uh adam and i got inducted the same year we were standing next to each other so if you ever go back and look at aifd photos i am the girl in like like the neon green dress next to super tall Adam because he was wearing this like six inch heels <laughs> the day of the induction. And I was like, girl, boy, I'm short. Like, <laughs> you know, it was like, he was like way over there. And I'm like right there. Anyway, so yeah, I, I, I knew Adam from there. I've I've seen Ace during the AFT things, but I've never known him. Um, who else? I think that's I think that's it from from people. My biggest surprises, and I 
I, I want to say like the pleasant discoveries as artists and as people that I that I found were, I forgot his name, the Unlikely Florist. I thought that was, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Spencer. I'm, I'm all for it. Right, Spencer, that's it. I was like, what is his name? I loved Connor from the very first episode. I was like, oh, I, I was rooting for Connor. Like it, he stood out. He stood up. Extraordinarily special yeah. and very talented. He like he really stood out and not just the talented side of things, just personality. Or just there, there was something about him. Yes, yeah, special. That's it. That's that's the word. Yeah. Right. I mean, he, he definitely stood out for me. And then uh Christine with the yeah. crazy wild color yeah. things. I'm like, oh my God, I freaking love this. Yeah. You know, I was just obsessed with her color oh you're talking about this not christina you're talking about Kristen. Got oh it. Kristen. i'm sorry yes Kristen. Oh, yes christina. yeah sorry was christina the um the girl that went first yeah am i am i okay yeah see i i don't know anything about her and she didn't stay long enough right to, to we got to know her a little more the first time around but christina's um so lovely and so talented and just floraling up in beautiful idyllic napa valley with her mom which is so cute Aww. Yeah, Kristen is who you're talking about. And Kristen, Kristen is... that's it, yes. Oh, I was just... It. Yeah, I was completely taken away with her energy and just just everything else. You can interview her. You, do you know about her line of hand-painted stems that's coming? I heard. And I need, I need to get her, talk to her about that. It sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah. Her it's the Ethereum that she's working with, right? They're insane. Yeah, they're so well, special. I cannot... Yeah. yeah. She's really an artist in a very, you know, different. She's she is a talented florist. And I think the longer she's around, the more honed in her floristry will be. But like as an artist, she's just like otherworldly. It's like she's yeah, she's also she's she's got a she's got a lot going on. I love it. I mean, I loved everybody's take in all of the challenges and you know, it it was good. It was really, really good. So I love competing. I mean, like I just, I love, like I, I love flower competitions. You have no idea. And I've competed a lot in, in the local realm that is, but I've only judged once. Mm-hmm. I've got invited to judge, you know, I'm like, okay, fine. I was so lost. I had no clue what to do, how to do. I mean, I did. Losses and it was so nerve wracking. And I did not have $100,000 on the line. They were winning $1,000. Yeah. Just 1000 yeah. $100,000. I was nervous. I am like, I'm ultimately making a decision for this person's tiny little like moment in life. And it was really like it weighted so heavy. And I'm like, I'd rather go back to competing than judging. How stressful was that process for you? It, you know, it was, ex- it was extraordinarily stressful. And, and also, I mean, what, what was so beautiful is that, you know, before going into every single challenge, there is a set of criteria that they have to meet that because of the length of the show, I mean, right, we film There is, I think we figured out 240 hours of film for each 38 minute episode. It's insane. So it's like, there's like nine cameras filming for about 30 hours each. Right. Right. So (laughs) unfortunately what didn't end up in the episodes is, or fortunately, because it's fine, but people didn't really, it's hard, I think, for people to understand. There was very strict criteria that we were Mm. done, right? And the criteria was set in collaboration with the challenge team, the people who monitor, come up with the challenges, right? Right. It's all, it's very official because again, it's $100,000 on the line. You know, it's like if we spend an extra, you know, 45 seconds 
telling Ace something, we have to then go and give an extra 45 seconds to each contestant so that no right. everything is fully even. And so there's this like long set or a short set of criteria. And so, you know, it's um that makes it easier for us. However, the fact that we were sending someone home based on a team challenge. Uh, yeah. People, it, is really difficult. If we were sending someone home based on individual challenges, it's it's a much easier, it's all much more subjective. Right. And then it was like, we were running into the like, okay, you're a team leader and you lost twice. Like, does that outweigh the fact that you came in at the top? And like, you know, right. on, like coming in first and second is a double-edged sword. It can like save you or kill you. Like ultimately- because you're responsible for your team. And the thing is, is like people think about flowers and they think about making a bouquet. You know, Schmo or whoever the heck, you know, doesn't understand what we do as florists at all. I mean, right. I have heard people a week walk into the flower shop and be like, oh my God, someday when I'm like retired, I want to play with flowers all day. Oh, I hate it. Oh. I'm like, do you want to wake up at five in the morning? And like, pro- like, no, I promise you whatever you're doing now is less stressful. <laughs> I mean, unless you're like a surgeon or like, you know, something like that. Like, but whatever <laughs> job you're doing is probably less stressful. It is so stressful to be a judge. But the beauty of Maurice and Simon and I, who literally, like, I have not gelled with two other humans as easily, as quickly. I mean, Maurice and I met and like 15 minutes into being near each other, we were finishing each other's sentences. And then Simon (laughs) threw it three days later. And it was just like, he just like walked right in and completed the trifecta. We bring such different aesthetics, such different eyes, such a different thing. But when I tell you each challenge so that the challenge team gives us a sheet and we each fill out like our and we didn't we we were on camera so we didn't talk to each other but I mean we all sort of were like oh yeah this or that when I tell you that with the exception of two times every single one of us had the exact same things ranked in the same way I mean Simon is more like a very classical he's British like he's got the like for the queen you know I'm me and then Maurice is Maurice and we have such different aesthetics But as hard as it was, because sometimes things were so close, it literally came down to like, these are all extremely beautiful. You have a wilted tulip. You have a, like, we had to get so picky sometimes. Mm. Like some challenges were easier to judge than others. Um, Sometimes there was like a very clear leader and a very clear bottom. Right. More often than we wished there was like, it was very hard. And we were like getting really nitpicky about things. Yeah. The fact that the three of us were simpatico on all, but like a few, there was one that we did not agree on at all. There was another that we like sort of agreed on. And then the rest of them, we were like, right. You know, so it, that made it easier. Like it's a huge responsibility, but the fact that like, we all saw the same things coming right. with different sets of eyes made it easier to feel okay about. There's no doubt in my mind, you know, that Connor should have won that competition, right? Like he 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 deserved it. And also like Ace's final room was insane. And like, you know. That heartbeat. I know. At first I thought it was just, you know, a TV sound effect kind of moment when I actually interviewed Ace. Um, I was like, okay, so was that real? He's like, oh yeah, because I couldn't get whatever light I wanted. You know, I'm like, ha, ah, okay. <laughs> but, but that was brilliant. 
the heartbeat moment was brilliant. I do agree. Um, I mean, I love all of them and I'm much like you, like I'm, um, I'll be a terrible judge because I'll just want to hug everyone and keep everyone and just, you know, let's share the hundred thousand dollars, ten thousand each and let's just all go home, right? Well, we can't do that, right? Well, we can't do that. So definitely I agree. Uh, I mean, Connor for me stood out from the beginning, even throughout the whole show. I mean, he definitely was steady. He was solid artistically, mechanically, and, you know, all of those things. And plus, he just seems like such a nice guy. I mean, sweetest. And he also has, like, the most... He's so versatile in his... Like, he can do a massive installation, you know, because he's been working with Tulapina for all these years. So he travels... Right. So he can do everything from, like, a finely tuned, like, small thing to a massive installation. And, and... And he has the capacity to do like from A to Z and every letter in between. And I think a lot of the florists excelled at one or the other, either the like right. AK or the installation. And he was one, there were a few that could do both. And he was really the right. one who could do both in an extraordinary way. I, I agree. I, I, and it showed, it, it, it really actually showed. The thing that was um, interesting for me to see, and I saw some of the designers, um, especially, um, you know, like the AFD designers, and I am an AFD designer, so I can actually honestly say this from that side, you know, you know, the sets of rules and things that you just put in your head, you know. Okay, let me rephrase this. I got to choose my words here. Oh, heck, we're just going to go with this. So I've never been into the rules. I am an AFD designer, but I historically learn a rule so I can break it. As soon as I learn anything, I'm like, okay, how can I go against that current? You know, let me tell you, it doesn't always pan out, especially when you're competing. I don't suggest that you should practice that on your own. And I've done that too. So, but if you kind of think about it, I could see some designers a little bit struggling because they were just so bound by that principles and elements and ways and whatever. And it's like, okay, there's basic color theory, that is important to know, right? I, I love design theory. I love color theory. And it applies to furniture, to painting, to whatever you're doing. It doesn't really matter. Flowers are just a medium you're creating the art, right? Yeah. So there's certain basic rules or the gestal rules or whatever. It all applies to all of these things. I get it. But by breaking the rules or stretching the rules is where that extra think comes in, right? And that's when we look at somebody and we go, whoa, that's different. I don't know why, but I like it. And... You did that in your store from the yeah. beginning. It's because the rules, there is no space for emotion. Like that emotion right. that we were talking about earlier cannot exist in the rules. Like the rules are not emotional, they're rules. And so, you know, watching as far as like emotional art, art artists, I mean, I think Chantel is like her color theory. Oh, I, I love Oh yeah, I forgot about her. I loved her too. Not, don't ever forget about Chantel because she is an incredible. I mean, and a girl's hot. I have to say this. I was like obsessed. I was like, okay, all right, yes. That she, you know, it was it was so unfortunate how it it happened in episode three. I'll say. I was sad. She's never been there till the very end. She yeah. was one of the most talented florists on that set, and like we kept saying, like. Being in the top two is unfortunately like not a fun responsibility all the time. But Chantel, her color theory whoops everyone else's butt. Like the way she like yes. thought about things and does things, she's yes. she's so talented. Um and 
and like obviously Kristen has crazy cool color theory. Right. Seeing Ace break out of his AIFD shell. I mean, I saw Ace was not happy when I was like, AIFD, I don't even know what it stands for. Like, you know what? (laughs) I don't, this is like, I, I'm not, I'm not officially trained, classically trained. I don't generally hire people that are Maurice said the same and Simon said the same. And Ace was a a little like about it. Doesn't matter. But watching him break out of it and watching him finally like reach a fully emotional state when he made that Baroque arrangement because he let go of all of those damn rules that y'all are taught. Rules have their place, but there is no, they can't be the only thing because otherwise there is no emotion. There is no feeling. There is like technicality. It can be pretty. It can be nice to look at, but you're not going to get that like feeling where like every bit of you tingles and you feel it in your gut. I agree. That's not what happens with the rules. And when Ace stopped, when he let himself like break free of that, like he became a fully different designer before our very eyes. It was exceptional to watch. It was exciting for me to watch that too. And you know, again, I'm an AIFD and here's what I can say about AIFD. You know, I didn't become an AIFD for the purpose of saying that I'm an AIFD, look at me or made me better or anything. In fact, AIFD is not an educational process. It is a credentialing process. So you go get tested and you get your token. We're done. Let me tell you, none of my brides They don't know care. They don't care. Or no. Or want to know. Nobody cares. It's not about that. I did that for me, but I was so happy and excited to see when the whole like, you know, more organic styles kind of started coming about and whatnot. I mean, among along doing AIFD, I also did my EMC, which is the European master certification. Now that's a whole another side of things. Now that one is an educational process. Now that one literally like takes you and spits you back out. Like you don't know what happened to you. <laughs> it is very different. And they don't teach you how to handle a flower. It's all design theory to the core, but on a very high level. And that I highly recommend. One of the biggest things that we've learned during that process is respect every single botanical element mm-hmm. on its own. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And let them talk to you and let them do its thing. You know, and one of the analogies that I actually, you know, bring up sometimes too, when I'm talking to somebody about it, I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's like, okay, well, think about this. I'm about to put out a play and I have three people that are in this play. One of them can sing like a canary. The other one is a great dancer. And this one, I don't know, just strikes a great pose. So, I mean, I need I need a tree and a bird and a girl to dance. Who's playing what role? Right. It's obvious, right? Yeah. I'm not going to put my dancer to act like a tree and a tree to do dance. I mean, I'm sorry. I wasn't calling anybody a tree or a bird <laughs> or anything like oh, that. But yeah, he I did it. Great analogy. I, I, I made that point at least once. On the show, where I was like, right. you have so to let important. do their thing. Like, yes. literally, you're not going to do anything cooler than nature. So, like, yes, let it be. Like, let it be. Highlight it. Show it. It's like we talked about, like the you know the star and the supporting actresses. It's like, yeah, okay. absolutely. I, I I agree. I I am very happy to see the transition in, in you know in the floor industry. I don't think the whole natural organic ways of doing things is going away. Um, you know, really don't. I do love some of the European very like artsy side of things where that when it's not about 
flowers sort of sustaining for a week long and giving you this beauty thing at this point. It's about using your flower as sort of pin strokes and or sculpting things and just making sort of more like a 3D art. Very different scenario as opposed to kind of designing for, you know, and letting the flowers breathe and do their thing. So yeah, I was just, it was, it was, it was so much fun to watch it. I cannot wait to see what the second season is going to be like. I'm hopeful that we'll travel at some point. I put that bug in the here because some of my favorite stuff that's, I mean, some of my favorite design that's happening right now is out of Russia is. Oh my God. Yes. Wild. And then South Korea, the South Korean forests are on some like crazy business. Like what in the heck is everybody up to over there? Like it has a vibe, but man, it's beautiful. Like there's just so much cool stuff going on. And I think I agree. Take it on the road, you know, That would be freaking wild. Yeah. Um, I fit in a suitcase. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That's amazing. Let them know. (laughs) Okay. Please let them know. Oh, that would be absolutely amazing. But I agree with, you know, Russian designers right now are just ruling the world and South Koreans, I 100% agree. Well, I mean, it started like the European designers were like it, you know, and European, not England. England had its own thing. And then there was European as in like, you know, Germany, Belgium, right? All of this, uh, Sweden, Switzerland, all all of these countries. I, I don't know why that is, but I think because flower competition is such a, on a whole new level, for Europe, you know, I mean, they have the Europe, Europa Cup, they have the Asia Cup, they have the World Cup. And I had a chance to know that any of that existed until you just said it right now. Like, I don't actually know anything about the world of flower competition at all. It's mind-blowingly crazy. I, I knew about them, but I've never experienced it on like last, no, two years ago, the World Cup was in Philly. And that's like, two hours away from me, two and a half hours away from me. So of course I had to go. Man, to see all of these designers from all over the world, they are the winners of their country. Yeah. The Asia Cup, the Euro Cup, whatever, right? And creating this crazy stuff. Oh, cool. And you get to, they were in these pods doing their thing and you get to walk around and watch this thing unfold and happen. And it was like... yeah, I, I cannot describe the grandness of this event. And I've never seen anything to that to that level, you know. But yeah, it, it was absolutely amazing. But I think for them, the artistry is on a whole new level. And they just keep pushing themselves to the next level continuously. So I really am hoping... Yeah, I'm hoping some of that comes to United States, you know, what I mean, like, totally. where the artistry of it becomes a thing, you know, in any case. So one day. <laughs> totally, I feel like I'm gonna push for that to be like a full bloom field trip for the producers and judges. like when the world opens up wherever the next World Cup is like, maybe we need a field trip, because I do think it would be useful for, you know, for everybody to put their eyes on that. Yeah, yeah, I well, agree. I'm excited to get back to filming. I'll tell you that much. I can't wait to be standing between Simon and Maurice again. And I'm so excited to meet whoever the next 10 contestants are. Um, Me 
too. I cannot wait. I'm hoping I'm one of them, but I haven't gotten a call, so I'm assuming I'm not for this one. Maybe in the next one. Doing the, I mean, they're not closing. We just posted last week. There's two more weeks of oh, really? uh, two more weeks of applications. People put your applications in. Right. It's on Osra's Instagram and my personal Instagram. It's the Mystic Arts address. I don't know anything about it. Don't DM me. Um, <laughs> say hi and chat, but just not about that because I don't have anything to do with the process. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And we'll share all of this in show notes and everything else and also on social media. So yes, I'm, I'm very excited about this. Really am. And I really enjoyed our conversation, by the way. Really, truly did. And one other thing I want to say that you know, I loved seeing the contestants kind of grow and do their thing and, you know, and all of this and living through their emotions of, you know, and it's like, no, I wouldn't down that. Oh, yes, I totally would not down that. But that's brilliant. All of that. One other thing was for me, it was so pleasing to see your relationship, your three of your relationship. It was just three peas in a pod. And it was just so adorable and so We're cute. obsessed with each other. It's so I loved it. It's really <laughs> You could it's actually fake. see it wasn't yeah. pretentious. It wasn't made up. It wasn't fake. It was no, real. We are all like, um, it's gross. It's like we talk <laughs> we're all in communication often. And it's like, we really all totally love each other. It's really sweet. Oh, it was, it was, it was nice to see that. Yeah. I feel extremely lucky because, because I'm, I'm obsessed with them. And we have <laughs> such, I mean, we laugh so hard like it yeah I think there's a there's a whole nother show there like the behind the scenes with the judges is a whole different show I I 100% agree (laughs) I would love to see that yep I'll sign up to watch that for sure Elizabeth thank you so much for your time I feel like I can like chat with you all day in parting where people can find you and also if there's one advice you would give to the person who perhaps cast their application or is thinking about casting their application, you know, help them be a better competitor for the show. What would that be? Ooh, let's see. Um, I think you got to put your heart into it. Like it's, yeah. If you do not like truly love flowers, first of all, here's my word of advice to you. Like be prepared to work harder than you've ever worked before. Those florists (laughs) were flowering. I mean, we were filming 15 hours a day. It was 105 degrees most days. It was wild. And like, you have to really love flowers. Like if you, if you're just like, and you also, to be very blunt, have to know what you're doing. Like, right. because you've made a few pretty bouquets, like keep going, like audition in a few years. Like the, don't, yeah, don't waste your time and your money if you, if, if you haven't, like, if you don't have some of that experience behind you. Mm-hmm. Not to say that, like, you can't pick it up quickly. Some people are like crushing it at three years in, two years in, but really assess yourself before you push forward. And then know that like, it's not going to be easy to be on the show. It's not an easy thing, but it's a, it's a really magical thing. And like I've been saying about everything else, like put your emotion into it, put your heart into it, figure out who you are, break the rules, get weird. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Get yeah. weird. There yeah. you go. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yeah. And where they can find you. Oh yeah. I mean, on Insta- and Instagram, um, you can go to the website. It's osraygarden.com or Instagram is just at osraygarden. And then my personal one is uh, at Elizabeth underscore osraygarden. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to watch the second season. Just kidding.
Me too. Thank I'm you. Excited. I appreciate it. All right. Bye, Elizabeth. Bye. Well, that's a wrap. So before you go, again, be sure to check out the show notes. Make sure you apply if you are thinking about con- competing for um, Full Bloom TV show. And uh, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss another show. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And I do have a quick special announcement to make. If you don't already know, I think you might have seen it and heard me talk about this before. Florvana Virtual Floral Summit is happening March 5th through 7th. And I know if you are able to snag your free ticket before March 5th, yes, free ticket. You can still get in and watch this happening live during the three-day period. Whatever events they've got going on, whatever speakers and educators that will be talking um, during each day, as long as you have your free pass, you can watch it for free. Now, it is up to you if you want to upgrade and have full-time access to this wonderful and amazing information, but at least get your free pass. So, There is a link in the bio on my Instagram. There is a link in the show notes. So be sure to check that out and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Well, it's a wrap. Thank you everyone for listening, for tuning in to Viva La Flora Live podcast. We'll see you next week. 